welcome back to an abundance of thrones uh, for this week of episode five, season five, episode five, Kill the Boy. I am Brad, and I am joined by my good friends, Wade and Garrett. Hi, guys. Good day. Hello. How you doing? I am well. Happy belated Mother's Day to the realm. Absolutely. Well, the mothers of the realm. Anyway. The mothers of the realm. The, realm yeah, the rest of the realm doesn't really give the tr- a shit. The dragons yeah. brought Danny their goat. That's right. Mm. And with that, uh, we have already broached into it, so I'm going to give the disclaimer slightly late. This is an explicit podcast. There will be language and otherwise adult content. If that bothers you, please turn off and go watch something from Disney. If that Uh, bothers you, why the fuck do you watch Game of Thrones? (laughs) Second disclaimer, this is a spoiler cast. We will be discussing episode five, Kill the Boy. If you have not seen it, please stop the podcast, go watch it, and then resume listening. Get the fuck off. (laughs) <laughs> you can fuck off. Get the fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck off. off. You have been warned. Okay. Or maybe you feel that our content is all-inclusive and is all you ever really need, which is case you're sick. Uh, but <laughs> we still applaud like you for that. listening to us better than watching the show. And shop at Amazon. <laughs> Good call out. So... <laughs> Let's do a quick run-through. Uh, well, uh, I'll turn it over to you for a run-through of the numbers. Do you have the numbers this week, uh, Mr. I Bear? have the numbers this week, or rather, I did. So, oh, this technical is, glitch. This is me not being prepared. So, while you're pulling up the numbers, I'm just going to very quickly run through the opening sequence. Do that, we, yes, we do that. We get a nice flyover this week off. King's Landing, Winterfell, The Wall. Bravos, Mirene, and Dorn. <laughs> Interesting they kept Dorn in there, even though we don't visit... Well, we didn't visit Bravos either. Oh, uh, this is true. Or King's Landing. I was thinking, I so think... there was a lot of uh, extra shots in the opening that we didn't need. What was that, Wade? I was thinking, like, we'd see most of these places. Whew, sorry. Yeah. Long yeah. day. <laughs> Long day? Am I keeping you up? Uh, you might be. <laughs> <laughs> it may be a possibility, considering my yeah. work schedule. So, of the uh, of the cities shown in the flyover, uh, we visited uh, half of them. <laughs> awesome. Winterfell go, and the Wall and Winterf- Winterfell, the Wall, and Marine. Awesome. On to the numbers. On to the numbers. Okay, so the business end of Game of Thrones. This week, his Game of Thrones debut as director, Jeremy Podeswa. P-O-D-E-S-W-A. Podeswa. This episode was also written by Brian Cogman. And once more, we see a drop in viewership down to 6.56 million. However... I do feel that this is the last of the leaked episodes, so next week should tell a different story. It'll be interesting, because I thought last week was the last leaked one. Um, I heard conflicting reports. I know know they had confirmed four, and there were rumors of five. I heard they left it off with a massive cliffhanger, and I thought, you know, uh, the night... Jorah? Yeah. Not much of a cliffhanger? <laughs> no, it was a cliffhanger. It was like, these two, do they survive? So, dun, dun, dun. interesting fun fact here. 
uh, last week's episode was less viewership than season four, episode four, just barely. And this week, a substantial drop from season four, episode five to season five, episode five. So lower, lower viewership season over season. Uh, in this case, with the caveat of the leaked episodes. Well, and I would, uh, I know we've re, we've redone this almost every episode, so I guess this is just going to become part of the boilerplate. Disclaimer that this is only the broadcast numbers for the first 24 hours, so this is not counting the number of people, hi, like me, that <laughs> watch it on HBO now later. And that's, and the other, you know, kind of flip side of the coin there, I think, that for those that have had the ability or maybe with the the release of HBO now that people like yourself have the ability to watch it at their leisure, they don't, you know, we're no longer bound to Sunday night at six o'clock or nine o'clock uh, for the episode. Whereas absolutely the pressure's off. Yeah. But for us, that's what we look forward to. You know, it sucks. It's on a Sunday, but six o'clock, the TV's on, the volume's up, dinner is ready, wine is poured. It's Game of Thrones time. Sure. So I think with the the leaked episodes as well, also probably play a factor that people haven't developed their Sunday night routine, so to speak. And we may be seeing a, a issue with that as well. So anyway, speculation over. Get back well, in the groove, people. The downside is where we are now... Brace yourselves halfway through the season. So if you haven't got your Sunday routines down by now, you might want to get your ass in gear. That's right. Stop fucking around. Actually, technically, no. You want to get your ass on the couch. (laughs) So we open up in Marine this week um, with the aftermath of last week's cliffhanger with Sir Barristan Selmy and Grey Worm beaten up quite viciously in the back alleys by the Sons of the Harpy. Yep, yep. So we open up in uh, what I can only assume is some kind of medical hospital bay bed. Uh, Grainworm is still completely out cold. Meanwhile, Sir Barristan is uh, no longer of this world. So when when we got ready for Sunday night, I had missed... Uh, the scene showing Grey Worm. So I came in and they were talking about Barristan and the actions that Danny is going to take, we'll briefly touch on. So I wasn't sure the state of Grey Worm at the time until we revisit Marine, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah, um, the revisit to Marine, the uh, Marine uh, scene B doesn't come until almost the very end of the show. So if you miss that, that leaves you hanging for about 40 minutes. Yes, I was very excited when, uh, <laughs> since since I didn't know in the first 10 seconds and had to wait 40 minutes, um, I yelled. Uh, I mean, I, I, it was a wine-induced yell, but I yelled. Okay, but that, you know, should serve Enjoy. you right. I mean, don't, don't miss the first 10 seconds ever again. I mean, come on. Sorry, never again. Jeez. Sorry, Master. Yes. So, so pour the uh, wine. And- <laughs> while, while we're in Marine, um, we get 
to visit Danny's kids again. We do. She rounds up the heads of the great houses and uh, takes them on a field trip. That's. We're going to go take a walk. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we're, we're, we're going to oh. go visit some friends of mine. <laughs> At Spear Point. How did you, uh, what, what kind of emotions did you feel watching this scene unfold? Uh, awe of just, once again, how brilliant the dragons are in this, in this show. I mean, they awesome. You just, I loved Dragonheart as a kid. That was a cool dragon until I saw it on HDTV and then it wasn't so cool. (laughs) Um, (laughs) damn you resolutions, but these are just, just brilliant. If you were to try to take any sort of legitimate anim, uh, I want to say animatronic. No. Anatomy, accurate anatomy. Sure. uh, Of, of any flying creature, these dragons hit it spot on. You know, they've only got the the bat style wings versus the dual shoulder blades of dragons of myth and that sort of thing. Uh, But yeah, no, I love this scene. I love the, the framework that Danny is in at this time. I love the actions that she's taking. Um, You know, finally taking Dario's um, Advice. advice to heart. And she is the mother of dragons and will use the dragons when need be. Sure. Um, on your uh, special effects call out, though, I do want to fast forward just a moment to the very last scene of Valeria A, where... Drogon flies jo- overhead? Jorah and Tyrion get their view of uh, Drogon overhead. That was just awesome. Yeah, the sound of the wings flap was perfect. The... The look on Tyrion's face was great. I mean, Jorah, not I mean, not that his expression wasn't equally, you know, impressive actor-wise, but from a character, you know that he's has some familiarity with the dragons. Yeah, some. it's it's shocking maybe to him how big Drogon is, but Tyrion, this is the first time he's seen a dragon. Sure, he loves about him, he reads about him, but there's one in the flesh. That's got to be scary, but we will get back to that. Yes. Uh, Yeah, so uh, our next visit uh, is we go to the wall, and we actually spend quite a bit of time at the wall A. Yes, we do. Um, Do we have a wall B? We do have a wall B. Okay, but uh, the wall A, uh, this is a fairly lengthy series of scenes. So let me pause you real quick. For the listeners, when we reference the wall A and the wall B, we are touching base on the chronological order of which the locations of the show appear. So when we're talking about the wall A, this is obviously the first time we've seen the wall. When we reference wall B, that is the second visit uh, during later on in the show. And don't forget, this is a, a tool of storytelling. Uh, typically, we visit every, or whatever locations we visit in a s- episode we tend to visit twice at least. First time to set up the story, which is usually left hanging slightly, and then uh, the storylines get resolved in the second visit. Correct. Plus yes. device. So, you learned something. Yes. Thanks so, for joining. Wall A, uh, we open up with Sam and Mesta Eamon having a little chit-chat. Uh, they had just received word about Danny. So who sends this word? Where That's do you think where do you think this is coming from? Who's feeding 
news of Daenerys to Westeros and therefore the wall. Um, Westeros today? <laughs> today in Westeros. <laughs> the Daily Raven. Because clearly <laughs> Daenerys... <laughs> say that the again? The Daily Raven. I like that. The Daily Raven? Nice. Two points. <laughs> that could be our new podcast name. Two um, points. You know, it, from the discussions, it's fairly clear that Daenerys has no knowledge of Aemon at the Wall, so she's not sending it. The message is read by Sam in the third person, so she's not writing it. Who, why? Yeah, that's a good question. How Where does the Wall know about from? what's going on over there? Well, my first thought was um, Varys' spiders, but... Why would they report to the wall? And he has no idea of what's going on in in Marines, so to speak. I mean, he may have a hint, but it's not enough to send out letters to everybody. Well, and the last thing we knew, he was stuck in a box. Well, not in the box anymore, but um, no longer with a traveling companion in Volantis. Correct. So, yeah. Now, a, a, good, a good observation there. A sweeping theory among the community is that the messages once received are originally received by the Citadel, who then send out word to the maesters of what may or may not be going on. But the well, Citadel still I, has to get the information from somebody. I was going to say, I can accept that as kind of like a, a daily or a weekly briefing of here's the important news throughout the world. I, I can totally buy that. But the initial news has to come from somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway. Plot uh, hole. Reporting west of Westeros. East of Westeros. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, in the eastern districts. um, John walks in on the little discussion um, and asks Sam to excuse them and has a little talk with Eamon about having an unpopular decision to make that is most likely going to divide the Night's Watch. Yep, John's a little conflicted. I mean, he knows he's not the fan favorite amongst all the men, and he knows more still that the decision he is compelled to make will only drive a deeper wedge. But without even hearing the plan through, Eamon tells him, do it. Yeah. Yeah. you have been you have been entrusted with this position. It is your command. You have to make those hard calls. Even though if the men don't like it, you're still Lord Commander. They voted for you. It's time have to fun. do the hard count. Yep. Kill the boy so the man can be born. Absolutely. We uh, move over a couple rooms to the uh, Lord Commander's office essentially his his solar his uh chambers where he's meeting with tormund giantsbane clearly one of john's uh more loyal supporters <laughs> yes absolutely they're great <laughs> friends go back a long way yeah like At half a season before the death of we don't Peter. talk about egret sorry yeah. great yeah how dare you <laughs> well, the North remembers. Um, <laughs> so, John is trying to hatch this plan to not only save the free folk, but kind of bolster, it seems like, bolster the ranks of the, uh, maybe not exactly the Night's Watch, but maybe um, Night's Watch auxiliary. 
It's the day watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it sounds like um, Davos's talk with him uh, maybe hit a nerve a little bit mm. about being the shield that guards the realm of man. Yes, all of them. All men. All men. Regardless of what side of the wall they're born. Yes. It definitely seems to have resonated with them. And now he's talking about relocating the free folk into the area known as the gift. Um, and, and for those who are unfamiliar with the gift, the gift was a large, uh, I'll say plot. A plot doesn't really sum it up, but a large area of land. How about swath? Sure, we'll go with that, Mr. <laughs> Thesaurus. Can you spell that for us? Jesus. <laughs> um, the gift was a large area of land Domain. that was presented to the wall by uh, the Mad King, I think. Mm, I thought it went back further than that. Well, I don't know if it did because it was all, it wasn't, I mean, it might have. The wall's been up for thousands of years. Either way, it was a area of land that was designated as farmland to grow crops, food, and whatnot to support and supply uh, the wall. Yes. So now it's been uninhabited because the wildlings that do come over the wall kill and raid everybody who are there. Uh, John now wants to repurpose it and man it with those same wildlings, or in his words, the free folk. The free folk. So uh, geographically... It doesn't quite reach quite as far south as Winterfell, but for rough purposes, think of it as the area between the Wall and Winterfell. Yeah, it's a large area of land. Yeah, it's huge. It is huge. So that's um, the gift for uh, just to fill in the holes. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Tormund seems mm, cautiously optimistic, shall we say. I think Tormund's brilliant. Yeah. You know, he knows the the free folk wildlings better than anybody. They followed Mance for a specific purpose. Mance is no more. If he shows up and says, hey, you know, guys, we got to fight with the crows, they will disembowel him. Mm. <laughs> so the and only way to... And make him eat it. The only way to get everyone's trust or show that it's not a trap is to have the one who giving the orders to carry out the sentence, so to speak. That's an interesting analogy. <laughs> I didn't necessarily they, truly fit, but I felt it kind of uh, worked because of the um, uh, heritage. Yeah, so they're they're looking for assurances that once they get on the boats that they're not just going to be torched at sea. Yes. Which is interesting that Stannis commits, uh, is it 10 ships? Is that really going to be enough for the tens of thousands of free folk? There's going to be several trips, I feel. Like yeah, it's make plausible. two trips. It's... <laughs> maybe, maybe two, I suppose. Yeah. So we switch. Sorry, go ahead. What's going to happen is they're going to drop them off just like off the side of Winterfell. And it's like, guess what? You want the land? Well, now you're going to have to go back through Winterfell. There you go. <laughs> to be a two-pronged attack. Because you just so have to go back through Winterfell to get to it. Yeah, it's actually it was... a really good, uh, <laughs> a really good thought there, Wade. He's, you know, John said he wouldn't help out Stannis because he's got other priorities, but it doesn't mean he can't drop the wildlings south of Winterfell and have them march north. 
on a, well, on a while we're flanking. at it, just go ahead and take care of the uh, the Boltons for us. Yeah, exactly. No, there's no, but there's no real. Uh, John doesn't know what Sansa is there, though. That's correct. correct. And so, there's no real incentive for the free folk. I mean, <clears throat> pardon me for the free folk to settle the gift. They're getting something out of it. Yeah. To retake Winterfell, there's nothing in it for them. Exactly. So, all right, switching gears, we end up in the meeting hall. Yes, uh, and for our listeners, HBO has announced a new TV show, uh, Grammar Lessons with Stannis, <laughs> uh, premiering next spring. Um, not for children, I will, yes. mind you. I, I, I would think that. I thought that was uh, that was an all, a completely unnecessary and useless um, line and segue. But I thought that was just, just a nice hilarious. Touch. Yeah, and yeah. then Davos like what? And stands nothing. Nothing. Shouldn't it be like with guest starring Davos because he like just <laughs> learned how to read like last yes. season? Yeah. Davos can give his signature what? <laughs> what? Um, this is what? where the period goes. <laughs> what? So, yes, they, uh, as Stannis uh, corrects, they will not end up with less enemies. They will end up with fewer enemies. Um, the As predicted, though, the brothers are not thrilled with uh, John's plan. Has Was anybody aside from Sam even remotely on John's side for this? I mean, his counsel, so to speak, with him were arguing. Um, all the Night's Watch were bickering about it. No one stood up and said, I'm with you, period. There was, I'm well, with you, but not in this. Yeah, there, well, no. There was the one, I, I don't know his, I didn't catch his name, who gave a qualified assent. Um, you know, you know, I will follow you anywhere, no matter what, but you better keep in mind that these are the people that killed our friends. Yes. And I cannot forget or forgive that. Right. Uh, you know, I'll follow you, but mm, I'm not thrilled. Yeah. And so, uh, hand in hand with this, we get to see Ollie, who is now, uh, John's steward, uh, steward. Coming in with, with dinner for the Lord Commander, and he's not happy. Yep, Ollie was hoping that it was just a ploy to lure the wildlings, only for the Night's Watch to slaughter them. Obviously, uh, he is showing his years a little bit here. I, I can understand, having watched his family be slaughtered, 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 slaughtered that there, there was uh, some hope of refreshment. I'm not sure that. Uh, 50 crows stood much of a chance against 50,000 wildlings. But, you know, hope springs eternal. <laughs> <sighs> On to Winterfell. Winterfell. Another really lengthy uh, series of scenes Yes. Here. We start off in uh, what I'm assuming is an inn outside the walls with Brienne and Podrick. Kind of setting up location, I feel. There's not a whole lot of development here. Um, she makes contact with a local, but there's not much here, except I feel that this is setting up for later. Uh, it, I hope so. I mean, it better. Now, one thing that I caught... <laughs> it better. <laughs> it damn, better it. damn it. Don't give us stupid-ass scenes for no reason. Um, now, I caught something that I was a little bummed out about. Now, maybe it's just me or whatever. 
But when Pod is walking through the wall, the entryway, you see West uh, Winterfell in the background. Mm-hmm. When you're with Brienne looking out the window, it's the exact same image. And I guess it's supposed to be the same exact view, whatever, where she's at, but it just seemed like a, maybe a lazy copy-paste job on the green screen. I don't know. I mean, if you're entering from the same side of the city that her window is facing, you would end up with pretty much the same Yeah, I, it was just, it was identical. I don't know, maybe it's just me being picky, but I didn't catch it the first time. I think it's just you I being probably picky. is. I'm a cheap bastard. I know. But the second time I caught it and I thought, huh, that's interesting a little bit. I'm going to have to review okay. that now. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, thank you. So we end up uh, in the castle in Ramsey's room. And little, uh little steamy action. <laughs> Both emotionally Between and Ramsey physically. and Miranda. Both emotionally and physically. Yeah, Miranda's not thrilled with uh, Ramsey's new... Fiance, a little jealous. A little bit. Um, she thought she was going to be Mrs. Ramsay Snow, but uh, but Ramsay is no longer a snow, and that means the kennel master's daughter is not a suitable. A suitable partner for um, the now uh, Bolton, the future, the future Lord. Yes. Bolton. Now. I liked what he said in in a clip here, though. He said, "I'm a, I'm a Bolton now, and my wants have a little, have a little or importance. Not the primary concern, yeah. or not the primary concern. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter what I want. I don't get to pick. Yeah, my fate exactly. Anymore. I have a, I have a dynasty to uphold, and pro- prolong. Yep. Although apparently he gets a piece of course the he does. This. <laughs> don't bore him." Remember what happens to people that bore That's right. Randy. So just bite his lip off. It's not boring. Right. Yes. You don't want to end up <laughs> like This is Ramsey we're talking about. He, he gets off on that. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the kid that decided it would be fun to bring back live fleeing. You think that's on him? I mean, that seems like a Bolton thing, though. I just it, think he enjoys okay. it more. <clears throat> So my theory on this, it is definitely a historic Bolton thing. And I don't think it... My personal feeling on this, when when he first does it, Ruth seems very surprised. Like, oh, oh, you, you've laid them alive. Well, it is our way. Yeah, maybe you have a point. You know, it is the Bolton way. It seems to me like this is something that hasn't been done for a while. That was just the feeling sure, that I got. That's fair. That that you know, <clears throat> it caught Roos off guard that Ramsey would 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 take this path. So now Ramsey definitely seems like the heartless bastard that he is. Yes. Just calling it like. I and said. then we transition to Sansa's room. She has a visitor. Sansa's room. Yes. <clears throat> nice little visit from uh, an elderly lady uh, from the castle. Now, do we think do we visit. think her visit is a direct coincidence with Brienne's wanting to send a message to Sansa, or is it coincidental? I mean, it, it 
It, I, th- I think they're possibly related. I was vague enough to go either way. The yes. timing would say that it's plausible. Uh, however... I think it's at least plausible. However, we know that Sansa has more allies than just Brienne. And I dare say better ones. Um, yeah. Wah, wah. <laughs> given, given Brienne's track record. record of success. Yeah, or lack of. So we follow Sansa out uh, when she wants to check out this location. She's supposed to keep the candle uh, should she need help. And who shows up? Miranda. Miranda. Checking out the competition. That's right. Now, I didn't catch this the first time, but when I watched it the second time, to me, Miranda looks younger than Sansa. Sure. Uh, I mean, she's shorter, although that's not hard to do. Sansa's pretty tall. Um, so what's what's where where's the angle? Uh, on being young? well, this is, comes from a legality of a filming situation, because uh, Sophie Turner, Sansa, I think is only seventeen or maybe just turned eighteen. This other girl looks younger, yet she appeared essentially fully nude. Um. And then just trying to set up. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say she's at least. Well, probably. Uh, (laughs) Or has some pretty consentful parents in the UK. Um, Mm, Even then. uh, And then if she is younger, I guess I'm just trying to maybe set up between Ramsey and that situation too. Sure. Um, You know, 16, 17, whatever. Uh, Pretty young to be sleeping around with. But if you're the daughter of a kennel master, you're no stranger to what goes on and when the lights are out. Well, no. And what choice does she have? Really? <laughs> if she can be getting in bed with, what, a future lord? Well, he was a bastard up until that point. He was a nobody, essentially. No claim, no titles, no nothing. Right, but, I mean... I mean... <laughs> It's it's the son of the Lord and the future Lord. I mean, when he says jump, you ask how high. <laughs> ask how many times. Exactly. Without, While with, on the pelvis. Uh, um, <laughs> maybe she just likes it rough. Okay. I don't know. So, yeah, we get some small talk with Miranda and Sansa. And Miranda has something Sansa needs to see. What yes. was your first... I, thought when she said this Dire me wolf. too i thought <laughs> i thought oh someone caught namiria who was uh aria's wolf from season one and they had yep. it in the back i thought oh sweet we're gonna see namiria again no it's just reek so disappointing and that's another thing little really no seriously so disappointing yeah um Interesting. Though. What was the point here, though? What was the angle? Uh, and was was Miranda operating on her own, or was this a behind-the-scenes play by uh, Ramsey? I think Miranda was operating on her own, even though Ramsey definitely got word of it. Um, sure. I think this was a ploy from Miranda to try to maybe point out how much of a bastard Ramsey is to push Sansa away and, and keep, a little bit. keep Ramsey for herself. Interesting. I hadn't thought of it okay. that way. 
That's what I thought out of it. I like it. I like it. Wade, did you have any conflicting theories? No, and it's easily the way that she meant this to scare her, saying, look what he does, and even this is probably the closest to family that you still technically have left as far as they know. And so this is what he does. Be frightened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're Be marrying afraid. this crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> we don't know who his mother is. I mean, no, she was a peasant girl. Never mind. Who married without yes. consent and yes. That comes later. And uh yeah, her husband was hanged and she was uh taken under his hanging body. Kicking and screaming the entire time. You know, we can see where Ramsey gets <laughs> gets his his romantic abilities. Oh boy. Woo-hoo. So we shift gears to um, <clears throat> we're we're going to the dining hall where uh, Ramsey calls Walda mother. This I thought that was this isn't the first time. Rather interesting. No, no, I suppose not. But I still still think it's it's interesting. They toast to the wedding, um, and Ramsey makes some or no Walda makes some off the cuff comment about how strange it must be to be here. Yeah, um, that just. Shows how poorly the fray jeans are, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not the brightest how, plump girl in the room. <laughs> how frayed the frayed, frayed Mind jeans is, are. yes. Um, yeah, so obviously she is unaware of where she actually is. And I'm proud of, of Sansa. She's definitely grown. Uh, we see in the... Uh, in the courtyard with Miranda, she is very cold. She is very skeptical. Um, honestly, I was surprised she went into the kennel at all. Yeah. Uh, why would Why would you trust this person? Um, and also in the dining hall, um, she she gets in a couple barbs here. Um, you know, no, this is my home. It's the people that are strange. That and when Ramsay was toasting to the wedding, she. Didn't say anything and didn't drink to the toast. And didn't drink. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we definitely see her definitely, growth uh, from season she, one to now. She did take oh, what yeah. Baelish said to heart a couple episodes ago. Stop being okay. the observer. Start playing the game. Yep. Yep. You uh, you play the Game of Thrones or you die. Compliments of Cersei. That's there. right. Season one. Season one. Deep Cersei. callbacks. Yes. Okay, so, so uh, yeah, we get. Bruce has a little bit of uh, good news. Uh, well, you're skipping ahead a little bit. Uh, or did we? Reek being forced to apologize. Uh, and then Ramsey has the brilliant idea that since Reek is the closest thing to family, that Reek should give Sansa away at the wedding. You know, we're still seeing again and again that. Cruel, cold, cold-hearted fucker. Um, I mean, really. Is so. Here's a question. Now, I'm not trying to play devil's sure. advocate here, uh, and I realize yes, we're getting uh, a little into this. But is Ramsey doing this because he's just a cruel piece of shit, or is he just so naive to everything that he truly thinks this is a good idea? No, he's tormenting Reek. He's. He's still toying. Yeah, but I think he's... Um, he's. This is cold and calculated. I think it's cold on the reek front, but I think it's naive 
on the Sansa front. With Sansa? Yes. Maybe. I, I could I could concede yeah. that. Okay. Over to Roos and his good news. Yeah, congratulations. Walda is pregnant. Much to Ramsay's dismay. Especially when it's, you know, whatever magic they thought they had at the time, that uh, the Mesta is fairly sure it's a boy. Which threatens Ramsay's place. You know, that kind of put a damper on his mood, and you, <laughs> I loved how quietly smug Sansa yeah. became. Well, she said congratulations. Very slight upturn in her in her mouth, yep. like uh huh, yeah, you're gonna get yours. I liked it. I thought that was very, very well played. Very diplomatic well played. of her. <clears throat> yes. Calculating, methodic. And then Playing we the game. visit Roos's solar for a brief moment, where Ramsay proceeds to insult his mother. <laughs> Well, I mean, we knew Bruce only married her because he was promised her weight in silver and made him very rich. That was gold. Absolutely. That was silver. Was it? Mm. Yep. Yeah. So he picked the fattest wife there was. Yep. More silver. And he tries tries to insult, but Bruce is not having it. Yeah. And... How did you manage to do it? Yeah. How did you find... I imagine that you're familiar with the procedure. Yeah. But how did you find it? Just... Seriously, the dude is just... A fucker. Anyway. (laughs) Dirty little fucker. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nasty. So Stannis... uh, Roos calls out that Stannis is to march on Winterfell... And it's going to take the two of them to have any sort of snowball's chance in hell of defending. You think he's worried? Uh, yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Just, Just a, a tiny bit. bit. <clears throat> I wonder what happens hmm. next. All right, back to the wall. Wall, the wall B. B. We visit the library again, and Sam still doesn't get it with Gilly. He's trying. He tried a little bit this time. He did try a little bit, but she's looking for some patience from him, and he is on a mission and doesn't have time for patience. Yep. Uh, Talk about naive, and then there's Sam. (laughs) (laughs) His picture is in the dictionary next to naive. Twice. Stannis comes to visit. He does. And Gilly bolts off. Offers a little bit of respect for uh, Sam's father. Yeah, we get the, a, a very pleasant interaction for a situation you would think would be anything but. And a little bit of history, it, to. Yeah, I think it again plays to Stannis' character, though. He respects... He respects respectableness. Yeah. The fact that you could fairly defeat his brother... Hey, that's. I don't like you. Obviously, he's pulling for his brother, but I can respect that. Hey, good job. You're you're a, you know, obviously your, a capable. Soldier. Your father. Yeah, he's. Go ahead. Your father beat my brother. Yes. As he said, well, Sam yes. does not look like a soldier. He did he hint and hint. How the hell did you beat a White Walker? Yeah. Yeah. Well, but like like we saw with Stannis before with John. Um, Stannis doesn't give people respect for those that just blindly follow him and do what he says. Um, mm-hmm. 
we've seen it with Davos. Davos has um, gone against him, and now he's the hand. John more or less <laughs> went against him, saying that you know he now has, as much as he liked the offer, he has a responsibility to uphold, and we saw a fairly respectful interaction as a result in this situation with Sam. Uh, Stannis gets a few punches in, but at the same time, realizes that Sam is not a soldier. Sam is not going to be in the front lines. His best place is with his nose in a book, learning as much as he can. He gives him a little bit of accolades on killing the White Walker. How did he do it? Do we know why it worked? And let's keep learning and figure it out. I think this is very smart of Stannis to play both sides of it here. Not just the physical battle, but understanding that... um, Information is power. We know he's the strategist. He's been t- called a few times about West- one of the best you know, military generals that Westeros has. And those generals are not those of brute strength and numbers, but tacticians. Yeah, and we definitely see it here with his call for Sam to continue to study. I thought that was, that was very smart. Keep yes. reading. We'll need your knowledge. Yes. And then Stannis um, and Davos. Stannis and Davos. So we switch over to Stannis's temporary room. And after his failed attempt to get Jon to be Lord of Winterfell, and, you know, just kind of a few setbacks here uh, as far as Stannis's plans are concerned, he decided his overstayed his welcome. And it's time to move on. Sir Davos is gently trying to persuade him here, I feel, that the queen and the princess should stay behind. Um, Not so much asking as almost, well, no, definitely volunteering. Okay, let me start uh, preparing a queen's and princess guard. Uh, To which Stannis tells him, nope, they're coming. Yeah. Well, remember, this is goes back to the first time when they left, uh, what was the lady's name? Melisandre. Lady Melisandre, thank you. God, I'm losing my brain today. Way, way too many names. Yeah, basically uh, said to have her hold back in, I think, what, he lost that match, that yep, battle? that was the Battle right. of Blackwater. So now, yeah, you have him basically, like, yeah, I'm not listening to you, I'm not... I'm, Taking everyone who I see fit to go. everyone. I don't know who I might yeah. Well, I don't think it's so much that, but the wall <laughs> is the furthest north he intends to ever be again in his life. And if he's marching south towards King Landing, it doesn't make sense for him to leave his wife and daughter up north if he's going to continue south. He's not going to go back oh, north and, and fetch him. In his mind, he's that confident. There's no point. Plus, he points out the nature of the Night's Watch. I was going to say, these are not, I mean, let's face it, these are not exactly the most savory characters to leave your uh, (sighs) wife and young daughter in the company of. Yes. Now, I don't know if I stumbled on a plot hole here or what, but Davos is asking Sanus to wait until John returns. Now, I sort of took that as John had left with Tormund Giant's Bane to get the White Walkers, but then we see John back no, at the to wall. Get the wildlings, <laughs> the free, the free folk. Um, <laughs> two guys getting the wildlings. <laughs> you don't want the white nuts? Walkers. Did I say White Walkers? Yes, you did. Oh, yeah, you did. Wildlings. <laughs> My apologies. 
to get the the free folk and then we see john back at the wall so is that what davos was talking about did john leave with tormund or was it uh, i didn't really get it because we didn't see any follow-up with john and tormund and the wildlings i did notice that too and i don't think he's left yet the timing doesn't play out that he's gone uh you know a major flotilla has moved up into the you know the the land of always winter and we've moved the entire free folk down because because john told Tormund that it would take them a week to just get there didn't didn't we also go back to the thing where it said basically john said you'll get your ships back Yes. So he yeah. hadn't left Castle Black yeah. yet. That's what I thought too. But then that line from Davos was like, "Okay, what's he talking about?" Yep. So he just hasn't um, left yet. That's so. Yeah. No. I that that's a head scratcher for me as well, and I'm wondering if something got cut. Um, Maybe a poor edit I job. I think it. I think it was a case of John went somewhere locally. And let's wait for him to get back, not wait for him to get back from moving all the free folk. Fair enough. Um, but the leaving the castle, you know, maybe he went to Molestown or something like that, but that got cut. Yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> that was my take on it anyway. Understood. And then we see and, Davos uh, and Shireen. Yeah, Sir Davos confesses to being scared. To which uh, the adorable and extremely brave Princess Shireen mm-hmm. promises to protect him. Now, is he scared to be scared, or is he scared it's in terms of her. A, uh, to uh, kind of surrender to Shireen a little bit? No. Um, I think, it, uh, I don't know if it's Game of Thrones or if it's something else, but the, the only time one can be truly brave is when you're afraid. That's true. And I think I think this is a look, let's face this, battle is not fun. It is not the most wonderful thing. It is scary. Who's gonna live? Who's gonna die? You're marching people to their death. Yes, you're scared. Um not cowardly, but there's a uncertainty of the future kind of scared i think i understand that i'm just wondering if it's more (laughs) aligned to kind of reinforce their bond than a legitimate confession i think the fear was real i think the little exchange where he asks for her protection i think that was a bonding moment. clearly yeah yeah okay and very sweet yeah no, they're they're kind of a fun little interaction, those two. Absolutely. Mirin B. Mirin. Grey Worm lives. Woo-hoo! That's what I said when I watched it, because I missed the first part of the show. Yeah. So now we are forty to forty five minutes later and Garrett finally finds finds out Grey Worm's yes. alive. So happy. Three days he comes to. I get the feeling Miss Andy was uh, probably sitting watch most of that time. I would get the same feeling, yes. Yeah, and Grey Worm confesses some uh, feelings of failure here. Not to being defeated. I mean, obviously the odds were overwhelmingly against him. It's a miracle he is still alive. 
but recognizing that he is not the Vulcan that he thought he was. <laughs> this is not the, the Star un- Trek cast, okay? Oh, Get your shit right. Sorry, sorry, sorry wrong, wrong, wrong podcast. Um, I'm going to switch over to Studio B. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's not cold and, and, and unfeeling. He realizes in that moment that... His true fear is not be, not getting to see Miss Andy again. Correct. And we've seen this building up for now a season plus where last season when they were on the march, the women were bathing at the river and he was in the river and looked over. We saw Miss Andy. Um, Rather enjoyed that view. Uh, yeah. I mean, if we could do that again, that'd be great. Um, I, I was meaning him. Oh, sorry. <laughs> But yeah, we've seen a, a definitely a curiosity and a, a soft bonding between the two that's only grown. Some people think it's uh, pointless for the sake of the show. Yes, it's not a significant plot, uh, but I think it adds some character to mm. our characters. Yep, some people that Although, really don't get all that much scheme, scheme screen time, but yet to, don't get to show emotion. Here's their chance. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely plays into the emotion, although I would amend your comment that it that this is not a central plot yet. Ooh. Little I'm foreshadowing there, away. listeners. I, I'm not saying that this will become a central plot, but throughout this whole thing we have seen minor subplots become major things later. This is minor right now. Who knows where it's going to be in season six or seven? Yes. This interaction that we saw to or this episode that seems insignificant and a waste of screen time may become a crucial piece of the plot later. And with don't that... rule anything out. I mean, don't forget yeah, this is it, this is Game of Thrones. <laughs> This is Game of Thrones. This, this show key. is produced with George's blessing and assistance. Nothing is in there except he gives blessing to. They're not it's telling important. a different story. They are telling his story with some fun. Yes. With so still with his blessing. Yes. It's important. If it's in there, it's important. Yep. It didn't find its way on the editor floor, so keep that in mind. It's there for a reason, even if the reason is character development. Sure. So we follow Miss Sandy then to the Queen's Chamber, and Danny is faced with some conflictions of her own. We saw it with John earlier, now we see it with Danny. Yeah, what to do? Um,. Looking for a little bit of advice from an unusual source here, actually asking Miss Sandy's uh, thoughts on what's going on. Yep. And they they make an interesting point. Miss Sandy says, well, you gave the the masters what they deserved. Daenerys points out that, well, if I did that to everybody, there'd be no one left to rule. So and she's realizing that, yeah, she's realizing the Iron Fist is not necessarily the way to go here the, anymore. The broad brushstroke is... Not painting too well. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we're now definitely down a former slave and absolutely down a crispy former master. (laughs) Yes. And this is not working. But what is the head of the ancient family and 
counselor to Darnarius, eh? Yeah, we're going to get to him. Um, yes. Zolarak. So visit down to the prison cells. Does anybody remember this dude's name? Yeah, it's Zola, uh, Zolarak is the pseudo-surname. Let me get his dar. His dar Zolarak. There we go. Yes. So I pulled it out. I didn't actually search that yet. I was in the process and it came to me. <laughs> go me. Go you two points. Um so Danny realizes here uh, from what I took from this not only does she can she not rule with an iron fist, but there has to be some give and take. Yes, she has to and show so that she's agreeing to reopen the fighting pits, but only to free men. You're not going to fight your slaves. Well, there is no slavery, <laughs> only contracted employees. Sure. But yes, she can I... believe that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she um she says that yeah, fighting pits will be reopened to free folk only. So, here's the twist in my mind. Very, very crucial development point here is she realizes that up until now, uh, my take on this, she's realized that up until now, she has been an outsider, regardless of being called mother, regardless of being heralded as a liberator. She is still an outsider attempting to impose her rules on Miriam. Yes. And light bulb goes off. She realizes if she ever wants to really, really reach these people, then she has to become one of them. Yeah, although I find it interesting that it was outsider Iron Fist, outsider Iron Fist, outsider Iron Fist to respecting your traditions and marrying one of your leaders. Like, full pendulum swing. Like, not even trying to bridge the gap a little bit. She just went from one to the complete opposite. Well, you re- so, realize speculation that- here. Is this a rough sign of, you know, bipolar or schizophrenia? <laughs> or, wow. Or is it a truly a character strength that she is com- she once convinced that she is wrong she is prepared to completely abandon the wrong well, and I, try something else is that a strength or is that a weakness <clears throat> i mean in today's world not game of thrones but the world if you are not if you do not operate with a strong conviction in your thoughts and your views you are viewed societally weak you know, even if someone's wrong, if they're unwilling to waver from their thought process, we tend to give them some degree of respect unless they're batshit crazy. Here, she operated under one belief system, was pointed out that it wasn't working, and she made a complete and utter polar opposite flip. Well, she did go to Masandi to get her advice, and she it was obvious that she's looking for other opinions rather than being fed the same yes thing over and over for again for the show's sake they're going to portray it as a character strength look i was wrong um we now have an idea of what may work let's try that and i would i would 
posit that uh, the same is true in real life. For somebody to be able to admit they were wrong and reverse course against their now incorrect path, I would say is a strength. It can be. It, take, it takes a big, uh, a big character to admit that you were that wrong. Sure, sure. And I guess uh, for clarification, I suppose maybe uh, I was brushing with a broad brushstroke, but uh, referring to people who that. are wishy, kind of wishy-washy versus people who have conviction ah, in one way or the now other. S- now, see, this is where I think it's different. I'm not talking about being wishy-washy yes. where you change with every agreed every new opinion you come up with. No, she has compelling evidence. There is overwhelming logic and argument to the fact that her way was not working and here might be a better way. Okay. We're in agreement. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. We are in agreement. <clears throat> so, yes, and she uh, points out to his dar that well, it's a good thing that a potential suitor is already on his knees. So I thought it was interesting she left him <laughs> hanging. A potential yeah. suitor. I'm not saying it's you, but yeah. hey, you're already in place here, so you're on it the might list. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think Dario's gonna feel about this? Pissed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. They haven't been building up tension between these two characters at all. Uh right? wink wink oozing with sarcasm. Yeah. Um and now Mormon's his star is going to be, be well, maybe. maybe potentially giving orders or at least having Danny's ear. So that should be interesting. We've got, uh, I, I like that you pointed that out, Wade. We've got the build up to a nice four-way uh, love hey, now. quadrangle. <laughs> In the world of man, we call that an orgy. Um, oh, sorry. That's, that's not no, what you No, that's, that's not an orgy. No, that's one no, no, woman, no, no. three guys. That's, that's a gangbang. That's a gangbang. You're right. <laughs> okay, but even so, we're not talking about a gangbang. We're talking about a love quadrangle. We are now, apparently. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, we just went into gangbang territory. It's fine. We're, we're not um, talking about all three guys scoring here. We're talking about three guys that really love her, but she's only going to pick one. Or is she? Mm. (laughs) switching gears so we touched base (laughs) on this earlier about um Tyrion and Jorah uh, on Drogon flying overhead we finally get to see Valyria Valyria. the smoking sea smoking doom inhabited rubble of Valyria once the greatest civilization of the world until they weren't. <laughs> yeah. Very anticlimactic uh, description there. Until they just weren't. But I liked how that was in unison with uh, Tyrion and Jorah. Obviously, they were quoting some poetry. They must have been. Yeah. At least we have two bookworms in this place. <laughs> yes. Well, Jorah wasn't swooing Danny. He had to do something with his time. <laughs> Apparently, he that was, was in a brothel. Polishing his sword, if you know what it is. Yeah, wow. So, practicing. Uh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honing Interesting the discovery in the ruins of, uh, of Valeria. Yeah. Well, we it's been hinted at this now for a couple episodes. Uh, especially last episode where Stannis is talking to Shireen yep. that they send the stone men to the ruins of Valyria. Now, see, I didn't hear that. I yep. I did catch that they send um, they send grayscale afflicted people away to 
live with the stone men, but I missed where he said that was. No, yeah, he said he said uh, old Valyria or something like that. It definitely okay. was uh, expressed. Okay, my mistake. If I you were on that. last week's Game of Thrones podcast, you would have known this. I was on last week's Game of Thrones podcast, but that's okay. No, you weren't. I wasn't on the one before. Oh, damn it. <laughs> hate it when he does that. <laughs> Wait, when you can't remember something? When yeah. he corrects you? Shut up. Yeah, it doesn't feel so good. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we get visited by the stone man. Yes, and we learn so, just how infectious Grayscale can be. I got a couple things out of this one. First of all, uh, let's start with some speculation. Any idea what Grayscale is? Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going with it's kind of a, a variant of leprosy. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's definitely portrayed in this. Um, Obviously, there are some differences. You know, leprosy makes your flesh rot and fall off versus going hard. But it seems like there's a lot of similarities with how feared it is, how uh, how contagious it is, yeah, how virulent it is. I mean, it spreads like nuts. It's kind of a hybrid of leprosy and rabies. Sure, mixed with, with dehydration because yeah. rabies makes you go feral. And yeah. we heard Gilly talking about her sisters had it, and they. Didn't sound human. They acted like animals. Yeah. So, think of that. Like dehydration. Like if you looked at a parched ground, how it's got all those cracks in it. Yeah, Yeah. it's got that kind of vibe. Yeah, but I don't think that's so much dehydration versus. Obviously, it's not because when the stone man jumped in the water, he didn't come up like, "Hey, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) I'm healed." He's definitely not dehydrated then. Um, So. We're going to kind of cut this one a little short. I don't think there's a whole lot to say on this yet. Um, More to come, I'm sure. But my other thing that I did want to point out about this. Did Jorah catch it from this altercation, or has he had this a while? No, I think he caught it from this altercation. Because remember, it spreads like crazy. I Uh, understand that. His... But it just seemed, I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about, what, the end of the same day. So you're thinking the progression was a little too advanced for your a liking. A little too advanced for, you know, six hours. How far did we look with Shireen? I mean, it was her face, but, but they said that they did see it was halted, so. Yeah, we don't yes. know, did that happen in six months or did that happen in three years? We don't know. Right. Exactly. But it just seems like, okay, if you were to extrapolate um, on Jorah's forearm, I'm going to say, let's say that's about an inch by an inch patch. Yep, that sounds about right. If that happened, if it spread from, you know, a pinprick of the guy touching you to a, a, a square inch in the course of we're sailing through Valeria and now it's the end of the same day then that means you're going to turn into a stone man within a matter of days. And wouldn't actually, wouldn't Tyrion have it as well? Because Jorah would have to carry... I don't think you're that infectious. I don't think they're portraying you as that infectious right off the bat. 
I think um, you have to touch the actual area. And yeah, otherwise and Tyrion have would cut. have it. I think his... if you look at the size on Jorah's forearm, it's about if you were to take your thumb and press it against your forearm, that is about the size of his mark. So I'm thinking that that was a full contact spot there, and that's what was left over from a like a thumbprint or something like that. Mm, I think Tyrion, yeah, Tyrion would have had it on his ankle, assuming ah. he touched skin. Well. That's what I'm saying, and if it was. Or was water a preventative measure? So now we're going to have to wait and find out. Are they both just lying to each other? Does Tyrion have it on his foot? Bum, bum, bum. And well, I think that's a good place to leave it. That is. <clears throat> um, so with the business, we do appreciate you guys listening in. Do check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we're always active there. Definitely. I, and Twitter, on YouTube. Abundance Not. Yes, Twitter at Abundance Not, Facebook.com forward slash Abundance Dot Not. And we are on YouTube. YouTube, uh, I believe it's just Abundance Not. So check us out. We do do video portions of the podcast uh, for ease of listening as well, along with other uh, sorts of fun content. So Absolutely. Check us out, and we'll catch you guys next week. Keep Absolutely. watching. Valor Mogulus. Valor Dohaitis. <laughs> <laughs>